Hi, my name's Vi. Hi, my name's Freya. And we love nature. This is our show, Hidden Worlds, where we learn about the worlds that are hidden from our view. Our forests and lakes, to deep space. Animals that live in our gardens. And the world of bacteria. Are you ready to explore hidden worlds, guys? Let's dive right in. Today we're exploring the hidden worlds of the sky. And what better place to start than space? We went along to an event held by Astronomy Ireland. First, we chatted to the head of Astronomy Ireland, David Moore. I'm David Moore. I'm the founder of Astronomy Ireland and the editor of Astronomy Ireland magazine. And we've been trying to get people interested in astronomy since 1990. And now, relative to population, we're the biggest astronomy club in the world, the world's most popular astronomy club. It's Irish. It's Astronomy Ireland. Everybody is welcome to join. Oh, yes. Um, how many planets do we have in our galaxy? Gosh, in our galaxy. So our galaxy is called the Milky Way, and you can see it at night from countryside as a thin, faint band of light. In fact, that's why they call it... They don't sound like chocolate bars. I think the Dennis. chocolate bar is named after the Milky Way rather than the other way around. <laughs> so they saw the Milky Way, thought that's a good name for a chocolate bar rather than the naming the galaxy after a chocolate bar. And uh, you can see why it does look like a bit of milk spilt across the sky. It's not that bright. It's not as bright as pure bright white milk. But it's called the Milky Way. It's our galaxy. We, they didn't know what it was thousands of years ago and they named it. We now know it's a trillion stars, nearly a trillion stars, at least a half a trillion stars. So a trillion it's a million, million, if you can imagine a number that big. And each star is like the sun. So a million, million suns, maybe half a trillion. And there's a lot of small ones as, as so well that we just found. So the sun's a star, I think. The sun is a star. And the, the Milky Way uh, has a trillion stars, in it, and we think now most of them have planets. In fact, we found stars that have similar number of planets going around them as we have going around the sun. And they're very hard to find. And the reason we think there's probably the same number of planets going around all the stars, just they're too small for us to see, but some of the easy ones we can find close by. So we're pretty sure now that there's uh, more planets in our galaxy than there are stars. And the question is, which, so, some of them are very big. How many of them are like the Earth? And we've been doing surveys of this with special telescopes. And NASA thinks, it's mostly their mission, that there's about... 10,000 million Earth-like planets. So there's over a trillion planets and 10,000 million Earth-like planets. That means if we could go there, they're too far away for us to do it, but if we could, we could live there. They probably have the right temperature, water on the surface, and if we put plants there, they could make oxygen, or maybe life got started on those planets like it did on the Earth, and there, 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 there are animals or simple organisms there at the moment we don't know if they'd ever evolve into thinking beings like us because it took a long time for that to happen on the earth. Uh, billions of years for it to produce people. Can we make a big circle? And I've got the two girls here. You have to tell me your names. Lila and Freya. Lila and Freya. Okay, Lila and Freya are going to show us how the astronauts washed their face in space. Because if the astronauts just took water out and put it on their face, it would be like cling film and they'd all suffocate. So, this is what they use. It's really light. Who wants to feel it? Do you want to feel how light it is? Okay. It feels like a, feel it feels like a pill. 
Yeah, it's light as a feather, isn't it? I want to eat it. Okay, you want to feel it? And now we're going to put it down on this red thing here. Okay, and Lila and Freya are going to take turns. So you're going to pour the bottle on this little tiny tablet and watch what's happening. It's getting bigger and bigger. Go on, pour a little bit more. Look at it. Oh, this wow. is amazing. One more little bit, okay? So it's getting bigger and bigger. It's like those inflatable wow. toys. Now, now you can lift it up. Lift it up and unroll it. Yeah, good girl. Yeah, unroll it. Look. Can't believe that was all a pill. But everything has to be so tiny because everything has to fit into the supply ship. So that's how they make them really, really small. And they press them down really small and dry. And then when you add just a few, there's only a few drops of water, wasn't it? It's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. A small pill turns into this. And it looks like, I don't know how it gets all the little holes, like normal. Oh, what the feel this, it's so... The world of our skies has so many things that are hidden to us, and birds are something we know so little about. Most people only know the birds that come to feed in our gardens, but there are many more. And we visited Birdwatch Ireland Nature Reserve in Wicklow to hear all about them. Hi everyone, welcome to Birdwatch Ireland's East Coast Nature Reserve here in Newcastle County, Wicklow. And you picked a lovely day for it. It's lovely sunny weather and I hear lots of birds singing away already. So I think we're going to be in for a treat. So my name's Niall, Niall Hatch, and I work with Birdwatch Ireland. So we're a conservation charity, which means we look after Ireland's wild birds and wild animals. And one of the important ways we do that is through a nature reserve like this. We have 19 different nature reserves around Ireland, but this is one of our biggest and one that gets the most visitors. So I'm really delighted to welcome you guys here today. So Birdwatch Ireland owns this land. It's about 220 acres, which is quite large. And what we do is we, we look after it so that all the wild animals, especially the birds, but also the plants and the lizards and the frogs and everything, that they're all safe and protected here with a bit of luck we might see a bird called a reed bunting another one called a sedge warbler uh, there's a bird called a grasshopper warbler that's very hard to see but you might hear it it hides away and then just makes it makes a sound it's very hard to see it uh, you get wading birds here too so birds like curlews are starting to migrate back through and then in the winter you get lots of other birds because they migrate here too so you get in the winter lots of different types of duck so ducks called words called widgeon and teal and shoveler and pintail all sorts of different ones and geese as well it's a bit early in the season for those yeah we wouldn't get them sorry wild geese yeah we get geese called grey lag geese here that come all the way from iceland Really? And they come down to, yeah, and so there's, it's a, they used to be very common in this part of Ireland, but there's a flock of only about 300 left in Wicklow, and they, come, they often come down to us here in, uh, in, in, this, in these fields, often just here. So we make sure that the conditions are nice for them, because what the geese like to eat is grass. They're like the sheep, they come and eat the same kind of food. So we want to make sure that it's nice and, and safe for them. And we don't use any chemicals here, we don't use any, any pesticides, we keep it very natural. So it's very, very good for insects. So one thing you'll definitely see here that you don't see in a lot of Ireland anymore is lots of butterflies. We have butterflies everywhere. And you hear lots of baby birds as well. This is the time of year when the baby birds are leaving the nest and their parents are looking after them. So, uh, so it can be hard. One of the hardest times of year is actually to see birds is during July because the birds, the parents are very tired. The young birds are learning how to be birds. They're out of the nest. They're very scared in a big world by themselves. So they tend to hide in the bushes and the trees, and you hear them more than you see them. We'll keep an eye out and see what we can find. There's even been a woodpecker been seen around the last few days. So if we're very lucky, we might see that. Well, They've only go. just been in Ireland for... Uh, what, what age are you guys? What, how old are you both? 
six and eight. Well, so the woodpeckers, the woodpeckers arrived here only just before you guys were born, for about, about ten years ago they came here. So, so when I was your age, I wouldn't have even dreamed of seeing a woodpecker in Ireland. It's got a little wren hopping there on the fence. You see on the bottom, the bottom of a tiny bird, oh. second smallest bird in Ireland. So cute. They are very cute, aren't they? What's your favourite bird, Laura? People say that a robin. the wren is the hmm. king of the birds. They do. It's a very impressive little bird. Uh, there are more wrens in Ireland than humans. Did you know that? There are probably about seven million wrens. That's more than there are people. Ooh, yeah, they're amazing, aren't they? So the wren is the second smallest bird in Ireland. Does anyone know the smallest bird in Ireland? We sometimes get them in this tree up above your heads. It's a bird called a goldcrest. Well, the, the goldcrest is even smaller, and the weight is the most impressive thing. So a goldcrest weighs only it weighs only five grams. And to tell you what that is, you probably don't know how much five grams is. You know a twenty cent coin. Yeah. A twenty cent coin weighs six grams. So our smallest bird weighs less than a twenty cent coin. Wow. Imagine never, that. You, you wouldn't see them in Dublin, would you? Or? Oh, you would. They're very common birds, yeah. Wow. They, they, they live mainly in coniferous trees. So we're trees that look like Christmas trees, like this one here. Uh, and they stay up high, high in the tree, up in the, getting insects from in between the needles. And a lot of people have them around their gardens. It's just they don't come to bird tables. They don't know that bird tables have food in them. They don't know what that is. They just want to find insects up in the trees. Uh, so the best way to find them, as it is with most of our birds, is in the springtime to listen for their songs. Because all the birds have different songs. And the ones that are very hard to see, very often you can hear them. And that's the best way to find them. So have you had a nice time here today, girls? Yeah, it's And you don't just have to be here in Wicklow. We have reserves all over Ireland. There's 19. So if you go to birdofcharland.ie, you'll find all the details there. Next stop was Camtierma, where they had really cool planetarium. They'll teach you all about space. We got to make some really cool rockets. Uh, so hello, my name is Martina Glass. You're very welcome to the planetarium today. So here at Arma Observatory and Planetarium, we have a research facility, a research building where astronomers are looking at the solar system and the sun and, and doing some research, find out more about space. And then here at the planetarium where you are now, we're going to um, do movies where people can look at the planets and the stars and find out more about the night sky. We'll have a little look around and you can build and blast off rockets while you're here as well. So, um, And there's also space to have a little walk around outside too if you wanted to and see scale models of the planets. So all about space is, is basically what we're, what we're trying to cover here today. But this is our model of the space station here. So you'll be able to see it just right in front of you. So all of these sort of cylinders and solar panels that you can see here, this is the model of the space station. So this is um, just a scale model. The real thing we have is about 20 times bigger than what you've got here. Imagine it the size of a football pitch, the real thing. So it's huge. And there can be crews living up in there, maybe for six months at a time they would live up in space. And I mean, once you're up there, you're kind of up there. You know, you're... It's not like you can pop back home for a little bit, so you are up I'm there. Bored, yeah. yeah, exactly. So you kind of have to make the most of your of your time up there. In fact, they sent two astronauts, and they spent a whole year up there. Um, so yeah, it's very very different. And if you think you're standing on the ground at the minute, so you've got gravity that's that's keeping you on the ground. Whereas on the space station, it feels like there's very little gravity, which means they spend their whole six months up there or their year floating around at the same time. And this is the space rock, so Sinead was starting to tell you a little bit about the meteorite that we have on display here then. This actually, actually came from space, so uh, this is it here, so you can have a little feel, see what it feels like. So this was um, found in Argentina, and we've said here it's a fragment of a shattered planet. These are bits that have been left over when the solar system was forming. Um, but this is a real meteorite, landed 4,000 years ago or so. It's mostly made out of iron. 
Uh, so if you might, if you look closely, you might see some rusty bits on it. Uh, yeah, and you can see the bits of metal shining through as well. It's it's really quite heavy. It's 140 kilograms, so it's it's pretty heavy, and you can kind of see that it's quite blackened around the outside. So as they're coming down through the through the the earth and landing and coming through the sky, they get burnt up as they're coming down. So the outside of them actually goes quite black as they're, as they're burning up. Have you ever heard of a shooting star or yes, seen a I shooting think, star? I think I saw one when it was in the day. I saw like a flash yeah, of the clouds. Exactly. So a shooting star. It la- I think it landed somewhere. I don't know, but it went past the thing. Oh, yeah, but do, do you know what? They happen all the time, and they could well land land somewhere close by. But what stars and meteorites? Exactly, exactly. That's what I was just about to say. You, you're spot on. A uh, shooting star is basically, it's not a star at all. It's a meteorite, a little bit of dust or dirt from space coming down through the air. The other name for them is meteor, a shooting star or meteor. And then if that little bit of dust or dirt is big enough, to not totally get burned up but to land on the earth that's what a meteorite is then so this one is fairly big but it could have been even bigger and it's just it's got burnt up as it's coming down so that one probably would have been brighter than a shooting star maybe like a big fireball in the sky as it was coming down so we're going to turn these these uh, old drinks bottles into some rockets so what we need to do is to get one of the, these little parcels of, of stones this is a little weight packet it's going to help the rocket fly a bit better so we're going to tape that onto the bottom of our rocket. Then we're going to get one of these cardboard nose cones. We're going to twist it into a nice cone shape, nice and pointy at the top. And we're going to put that over the bottom of our bottle, a little bit like this. And then we've got some triangle bits of card. Any ideas what they could be used uh, for? The wing. Absolutely, spot on. So we'll stick some wings on as well. And once your rocket is all built then, we're going to see if we can take them outside, fuel them up, and fingers crossed, get them to blast up into the air. Sound like a plan? There we go, I'll let you get stuck in then. You can build, you can build one each and see how you get on. So we need to get some fuel into the rockets. Oh, Any idea what kind of fuel we might use for these uh, Water? Well, we are going to use some water. Water, yeah. Do you think we'll get them to blast off using just water? Mm, no. Nah, we're going to use water. We're going to use something else. But we'll put the water inside them first of all. So we want to fill them up so they're about half full. I would fill it up. Do you see about here, maybe? It's double going to drop it. What I'm going to do is, you'll see it's got a wee switch here, I'm going to switch it on for a couple of seconds. We'll do a countdown and then if you push down on this bit, hopefully your rocket will go flying up the hill that way. That's the plan. Will we give it a go? Okay, so we'll do our countdown. So three, two, one. Whoa! That was great. That was good fun. I covered my eyes on the first one, which was mine, but I saw Frey's one, and I was amazed. It's pretty cool, isn't it, how far they go? So do you think you know what it is that we're putting into it? Air. Exactly, well done. Adding a wee bit of air into it, that's exactly it. So water and air, that's the secret to getting those rockets to fly really far. That's all for today, guys. Don't forget to check out the next show. See you soon.